Welcome to What's Next, Hornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Hi, this is Tim Venable of Cornet Global. Joining me for this edition of What's Next is Ryan Anderson, Vice President of Global Research and Insights at Herman Miller. He's here to talk with us about a very important topic, the future of the office. Thanks for being here, Ryan. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. As we get started, if you would, tell us about Herman Miller's research in this general area and how you've been assessing what the future holds. Sure. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start by saying Herman Miller's had a really robust research effort and a research team that dates back all the way to the basically the early 60s. And, I, you know, I'm privileged to be able to continue to, to work in this sphere for us. Um, most of our research is usually planned out in advance. You know, we come up with a research plan that might be six months to two years out. But when COVID-19 hit, we did um, certainly pivot and we did a couple things right off the bat. In fact, probably the very first thing we did was take a look at our healthcare research. You know, our healthcare team has been working on limiting the spread of infectious disease in, in clinical and, and uh, hospital office facilities for years. So we were able to apply a lot of that knowledge for the short-term um, healthy return to workplace uh, considerations that people were asking about. But not long after that, probably by May or early June, we really turned our attention to a longer term focus. You know, we wanted to begin asking the question, how will this experience change office design, the role of offices, the value of offices, and just our view of workplace for the long term? And that's really what we've been working on here throughout the summer and have kind of articulated a point of view on where we see things are, are going. Okay. Now, what aspects of COVID-19 uh, do you think have made lasting impacts versus those that are shorter term in nature? Well, I, I think that's one of the best questions we could be asking because there are some things that probably won't um, last beyond this year. In fact, one of the things we did is we took a look at some of the changes that happened after the SARS outbreak in, in Toronto in 2003 and said, what actually lasted? And then what are more permanent changes so in the short term, I think that we've got a major focus on hygiene, custodial, sterilization, things of that nature, and that's really important. And I hope our offices are healthier and cleaner long-term as a result. But some of those are gonna be short-term. The, the longer-term impacts are very interesting, and there's probably nothing that um, is more impactful in our minds than the shift in thinking among organizational leaders about the viability of working outside of the office. So Harvard Business Review put out a piece in June indicating that before the pandemic, only 14% of organizational leaders believed that their workforce could, could be productive outside of the office. And by June, that had risen to 42%. And those numbers continue to go up the longer we successfully work uh, in, in remote locations. Uh, as a corollary to that, we've also been observing increases in remote hiring policies. Uh, we've been tracking, as an example, the number of jobs posted on LinkedIn listed as remote versus having a specific location. And it feels like we've seen the, the scales tip here. Uh, organizations are embracing uh, distributed working. And by the way, we refer to remote working as outside of the office. Distributed working is more encompassing. It includes within the office and beyond. But the idea I think that's most core to distributed working is the, the belief that employees are empowered 
work in other locations. Employees can work where they'd like to work, sometimes referred to as hybrid working. That to me feels like the biggest size change because if organizations are enabling their employees to work from wherever they'd like, or if we see organizations begin to hire from a lot of locations outside of their, their core headquarters, then certainly uh, corporate real estate and facilities teams need to begin to think about supporting work in other places. Exactly. As we look beyond 2020, um, Ryan, will offices still be more or less relevant to workers? Well, we believe that they'll be more relevant if they're designed to, to do so. And I want to acknowledge that as a as a, a furniture company, we might be biased, but we try we tried not to be. In fact, for years, we've studied um, companies that are 100% remote, and we've taken a look at what implications it might have. And I really do think offices can be far more valuable in the future than they have been in the past, but it definitely requires a shift of thinking. Specifically, we need to begin to embrace the idea that offices are on-demand uh, assets for employees uh, and organizations that keep the support experiences that people can't easily have elsewhere. So if people are given the choice to work anywhere, we need to begin to refocus on what experiences offices can provide that will be very desirable. And I actually think there's a better return on occupancy investments as a result. If, if we take a look at um, maybe like the last 10 years, and I'm gonna generalize here a little bit, but we've seen densification strategies lead to spaces that have lots of desks because there's a general assumption in the past that each office worker needed their own desk. But we've been doing um, studies and using sensors for 11 or 12 years, and we can tell you that the average utilization of those desks has gone down year over year. So this situation that we've had where uh, we've seen more deaths per square foot or per, per square meter that are lower utilized, not a great sustainable return on those real estate investments. So if organizations are willing to rethink the idea that everyone who's you know traditionally been viewed as an office worker needs an assigned desk and begin to embrace the idea that the workplace first and foremost needs to be desirable as a place where people have excellent experiences, then I think we see demand go back up for those sort of spaces um, and it's a win-win. You know, the other thing I'll say is that I think organizations, um, specifically the corporate real estate teams need to begin thinking about uh, distributing their portfolio, whether it's through a hub and spoke strategy and even, you know, even thinking about supporting home office experiences. Sure, okay. Now, picking up on one of the, the key words you just mentioned there, experiences, what, what types of experiences should the office focus on supporting moving forward? Yeah, that, that is a key question. It'll vary a little bit based on each organization, but I think the biggest clue is basically looking at what people are most missing now, right? So it's been a fascinating um, thing to observe people not having access to corporate office space. And yes, we've been uh, able to be productive in remote locations, but we've been doing research, and I know Leesman and others have as well, asking the question, well, what is it that you're most struggling with? And you know, I'll name a few. The first is um, social connections and socialization among employees. And be careful, particularly when we're talking with organizational leaders uh, to not make this sound trivial. 
being able to connect with your extended network, so not just the 15 or 20 people that you might have the chance to have a Zoom call with in the course of a week, it's super important. It's how people learn about what's going on in other parts of the company. It's how you gain a greater sense of trust, uh, a sense of belonging. Uh, it's really how you build culture. And so areas in the workplace that are really designed with this um, social nature can be incredibly valuable. Um, in contrast to that, it's also been fascinating to find how much many people are struggling to focus in their home office. We need to remember that home office experiences, I should say work from home experiences, because not everybody even has a home office. Um, they're very diverse. And if you happen to be somebody who has young kids uh, or a partner who's taken a, a video call three feet from you or roommates, uh, we hear quite consistently that many people need the chance to go focus and concentrate. Uh, and it's kind of funny, in the old model of very open, um, densely planned offices, we, it may have been more common to hear people say, you know, I'm going to leave the office to get some focus. Now I think we're realizing that offices, while needing to support socialization, also need to support um, very comfortable times of focus and concentration that may last half a day or a full day. And then the other, probably the third one I'll focus on is what I might call more immersive team experiences. And by that, what I mean um, is we've kind of said for years as an industry, hey, the office really needs to support collaboration. Well, yes and no. People can collaborate pretty effectively on Slack or Teams, et cetera. But these more immersive times where instead of getting together for an hour uh, on a weekly meeting, people need to get together for a day or several days. Maybe it's strategic planning, maybe it's a design threat, whatever. That's very uh, valuable too. In fact, I mentioned that we've studied remote companies in the past. They get their people together for these sort of on-site as opposed to off-site experiences quite regularly. So if it were me, um, this is not an exclusive list, but if it were me and I had a maybe a little bit more traditional approach to workplace design, I would be looking at these social connections, focus, and immersive times of, of teamwork as experiences that offices could begin to support right away, and that will draw people back in and provide them, provide them good experiences that they're just not going to have from home or elsewhere. Okay, great thoughts there. Now, picking up on a couple of concepts you made earlier, Ryan, what's the role of home offices in supporting that distributed work that you defined earlier? I, I think we've learned that um, they're very important, and I don't think they're going to stop being very important. Um, I had a colleague um, at, at a, a, a customer say to me a while back, well, are we going to lose the battle to remote? And I was encouraging this friend, well, I, I don't know that we can think about it that way. I think we need to embrace workplace as like a whole network of spaces and home offices are really important. First, of course, because they prevent the need for a commute, which can save people a lot of time, but also because um, some people really thrive, uh, at least for a portion of their work week in their home offices. Gallup uh, organization has been doing employee engagement research for years and quite regularly correlates location with the amount of time spent in or out of the office. And as recently as January, basically uh, reported that they found the highest levels of disengagement among those that almost exclusively worked from 
the office or those that almost exclusively never came into the office. So we need to view this uh, middle ground as key. And that means that home offices are gonna play an important role. And we've been actually encouraging our customers to take responsibility for employee work from home experiences. And what I mean by that is, it may be that corporate real estate and facilities teams have not historically viewed home offices as part of their scope. But if you look at HR or IT or other functions within the organization, they have. And so if an organization thinks that their employees are going to spend one or more days a week working from home, there's some risk in not making sure that those folks are supported in terms of their productivity and their health and safety. Um, there are parts of the world, uh, the UK comes to mind, where we're already seeing more of a of a health and focus, um, almost compliance sort of mindset beginning to extend into home offices. And so, you know, if an organization, let's say, is able to uh, save a little bit on the overall real estate portfolio because they've embraced distributed work, reinvesting a portion of that in making their offices more desirable certainly makes sense, but reinvesting a portion of that in a home office uh, also makes sense, uh, which ultimately I think can lead to the most engaged and productive um, employees. Sure. Okay. And now my my last question, given all these trends and given these dynamics that you've explained, what are the most important conversations that real estate teams should be having today to prepare for the future? Yeah, I, I think for me, it begins with the question, how can we support work wherever it happens? Um, and that, I think, leads to a, another conversation around just really the scope of, of impact that a team wants to have. So getting with HR as an example and saying, hey, are we changing our remote hiring practices? Are you encouraging um, managers, work team leaders, department leaders to begin hiring in different parts of the world or different parts of the country? I think is really important because it'll give you a sense of, wow, where will our employees be in a few years? And what does that mean to support them? And then doing whatever is possible to try to kind of imagine a day in the life of an employee in a couple of years. Um, do we expect that that employee will be within 20 minutes of our corporate headquarters or an hour or 12 hours? Will they be working uh, from their home a portion of the day? Will they want to come into a satellite office, um, maybe in a more residential uh, epicenter of of, uh, of the country? As an example, I know you're based in Atlanta, and I often think about um, all the friends that I have that live up north, you know, Buckhead, north of the perimeter, et cetera. If I was a company in downtown Atlanta, as an example, I'd begin to ask the question, well, do I want to place a satellite office closer to where people live and ultimately enable them to work from home, work from a local satellite office or, or come into the headquarters? It's these sort of questions, but it really centers around this core idea that work is distributed, it can happen all over, and that the most successful organizations will be those who not only can recruit talent, who feel like they're empowered to work in a number of locations, but they can actually deliver on it. That can actually support people working across these locations in a way that's uh, productive and healthy. And the good news is, I don't think it's like a six month thing. I don't think everybody has to have this whole strategy nailed down. I think it's just a matter of accelerating a trend that was already happening for years because we have seen those attitudes among organizational leaders change. And I'll add this, um, 
we, from a, a research and insight standpoint at Herman Miller, we like to be able to provide relevant, helpful information to the people that we get a chance to call on regularly, somebody in a, in a real estate role or a facility role. But a lot of what we do is come alongside uh, folks in those roles and begin to help facilitate a conversation a little higher up in the organization, often with a CFO or even a CEO. And because so many CEOs right now are asking the question, do we need offices? What's the future of our office? What should this be? I think engaging in this broader conversation of how do we define workplace and how will we support work wherever it happens should happen now or in the very near future uh, because it will take i think months and even years to fully work itself out but those organizations that get on it earliest will be most successful fantastic well ryan it's been great talking with you today thanks so much for sharing all these valuable insights with cornet global it's always a pleasure my friend we appreciate it and if any of our listeners want to dive on this topic more, please don't hesitate to, uh, you know, head to the Herman Miller website or reach out directly to their Herman Miller contact locally. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.